Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Coming up this week, rumors are circulating that Disney is considering going to a tiered pricing plan for their tickets. Changes have come to the great movie ride. Some people don't think it's enough, but it's a start. And there are some changes rumored to be coming to the Disney dining plan as well. Uh, as well as the refillable mugs, which has everybody just all all a flutter. Uh, and a little later on, we're going to have a review of the new brunch at Chef Mickey's at Disney's Contemporary Resort. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 821 for the week of June 2nd, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Howdy. Our newest, the newest member of our team, Jackie Gailey. Hi, everybody. Corey Martin. Just happy to be here. Oh, knock it off. (laughs) Lord in heaven. Back in the production nook on the controls, Mr. Rhino Clavin, along with associate producer Craig Williams and our producer Dustin West. I'm also here. So, hello. Glad you could make it. How are you? Um, We have a few things to discuss in housekeeping this week, starting off uh, Podcast Cruise 6, December 4th through the 11th, 2016. While we have sold out of our group space, the ship is by no means full, and it looks like Royal Caribbean is now offering a 30% off deal on select staterooms, and it is applying uh, to that sailing, and we're seeing some great general availability pricing. Um, You're going to be joining more than 400 of your fellow Dizzers right now um, on that cruise. We're going to have a lot of great things planned. It's a Western Caribbean itinerary, and uh, we're going to be visiting uh, Falmouth, Jamaica. Where else, John? Uh, Royal Caribbean's private island, Labadee. It's not really its own island. And Cozumel, Mexico, plus a whole bunch of days at sea, which will be nice. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I want to point out that if you've already booked in our group space, you've got the best price possible. Um, Please don't ask Tracy to check on pricing for you. You've already got the best price, and if you haven't, she will automatically get, make sure that you get it. But most people are either booked in our group space or have the buy one, get one half off. So you're doing really good. Right. This is for anybody who missed that window and would like to join us. Some great pricing. It's going to be a good time. So um, we'll have links to it along with everything else we discuss in the show notes page, disunplugged.com. And you can find more information about Podcast Cruise 6 and how to sign up. Um, Also want to mention uh, the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged goes live on Mixler.com. That's MixLR.com. Every Sunday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. And the new show goes up on iTunes on Monday. And their segments go up on iTunes on Tuesday. And this week's uh, show, the team talks about the best-tasting best value, and most overrated food items at Disneyland. Plus, Tom Bell continues his walk down Harbor Boulevard. I I guess he's taking a prostitution. (laughs) Um, 
discussing restaurants, hotels, and shopping along the way. Uh, the Disneyland team also shares their West Coast perspective on the tiered pricing survey that Disney sent out uh, that's in the news that has everybody everybody up in arms right now. Uh, I also want to give it an update on coasting for kids. Uh, they have 73 people participating in 10, 73 Dizzers participating in 10 different Cedar Fair parks across the U.S. and in Canada and have now raised a total of $15,375. That's great. And that is more than double what they had last year in participants and in uh, money raised. So a great job done by Tom Bell organizing this. And to everybody who has signed up to participate, a heartfelt thank you from us, from me. Uh, You're raising money for an amazing cause. If you are not familiar with Give Kids the World, I strongly suggest you go out to their website, gktw.org givekidstheworld.org and check it out it's an amazing place it's an amazing place it does amazing work and they are ranked as the best run nonprofit group in the, in the nation um, only five, five or six cents I think it is of every dollar that they receive goes to administrative costs the rest of it goes to the mission I just read a thing I think it was the Children's Cancer Fund 96 cents out of every dollar goes to administrative costs. Oh Holy smokes. Yeah, it's it's crazy that it's it's you know very difficult with a lot of charities. Um, so much money, so much of what they raise goes to paying salaries and other things. Mm. With Give Kids the World, it's just the opposite. They are consistently rated the best run charity in the United States in terms of how much of their money goes to the mission. So, As long as you're there, can I plug something on the boards? Sure. Beach Warmer is posted on the thread during Dizapalooza this year. She's organizing a volunteer group to go to Give Kids the World. So go to the disboards.com and look for it. It's volunteering during Dizapalooza. This I think would be the, on the Diz Unplugged Forum? On the Diz Unplugged Forum. So if you're interested in volunteering while you're here for Dizapalooza, uh, she's already started the process and has some information, so go see what she's got to say. Let's uh, make a note to put that in the show notes okay. this week. Um, also want to mention uh, the trip with uh, Jenny Lynn Knopp and Teresa Eccles every Wednesday. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, disunplugged.com, and she did send me her synopsis, and I don't have it to you. Well, yeah, she, uh, her and Teresa are going to be uh, reviewing three different restaurants that you can try out while you're in the Cape Canaveral area before or after your cruise. Um, so we're going to have uh, three different little mini reviews. Oh, cool! Of those, cool. It's Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, disunplugged.com, and of course on Thursday, the Universal Edition of the Dis Unplugged, starring the lovely and talented Craig Williams, with other people. Yes, all three people back here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's J- uh, Jenny Lynn Knopp, Rhino Clavin, Dustin West, and hosted by Craig. What are you talking about this week, Craigery? Uh, we're going to talk about at least one new announcement that was made this past week, as well as we're going to uh, go over uh, our 10 favorite shopping locations at Universal Orlando. And then I also want to plug next week because we'll be pre recording it since I won't be here for that show. And uh, we're going to be doing uh, another edition of our Universal Hall of Fame and seeing if Jurassic Park River Adventure will become a part of it because, well, Jurassic World's then going to be released the day after that one goes live. So. Okay. Awesome. Fun. She's a highly intelligent creature. <clears throat> oh, they, have, they, they just can't help themselves. It falls out of them, the, Not a good the nerdy movie quotes. Um, all right. Also, uh, as I mentioned when we started, we have a new member 
of the team, Jackie Gailey, who actually joined us on May 1st. We've kept her hidden. Um, She's a very intelligent creature. Uh, Jackie is the community manager for Disboards.com. She's going to be helping us with the running and the administration of the boards. It's the first time we've had a paid full-time position doing that. I probably should have done it a long time ago, but uh, welcome aboard, Jackie. Thank you so much. I'm absolutely honored to be here. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they get to know you? Sure. So I have been a Disney fan for a long time. We took our um, kids to Disneyland when we still lived in Seattle when my daughter was two and she's now 13. And so um, I wasn't uh, big on Disney when I was a kid. We never really went there. But our first visit to the Walt Disney World Resort was back in 2008. And I fell in love the minute I stepped off of Disney's Magical Express. And um, so I just, uh, I'm really honored to be here. I'm excited because the disboards.com is actually the first website I ever visited when I started planning the Walt Disney World vacation for the family. And it's really fun to um, to be a part of the of something that I love so much. Um, I've had a lot of customer service experience in the past, and uh, it's uh, I, I feel like this is going to go right in line with what I've been doing for so many years, which is making the business a fun place to be at the same time with uh, keeping in line with business goals and. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to being a part of the community and um, getting people talking about being excited to come down here and visit Orlando. So, awesome. Really exciting. Well, we're thrilled to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming in today. All right. Anything else in housekeeping? Yes, I have one. Uh, I have some updates. Sorry. <laughs> here it was like. <laughs> Rooms on fire. Update. Update. What the heck happened? I need a ticker tape or something. Um, <laughs> I have New England Disney news. Tickets are now on sale and going fast for the private screening of Inside Out at Cinema World in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Everybody in Fitchburg wants you to know it's better than Rhino says it is. Um, tickets are $12 per person, and all the proceeds will go to Give Kids the World. I have seen a lot of comments about that, Rhino. <laughs> That's fine. In 2003, when I was going to college there, not a great place. Don't listen to I that. hope it's better now. The Fitchburgians I, I, are upset. They're rioting. Um, well, you're going to have a chance to riot to his face because really? Come he's, see me. <laughs> he's going to be coming to that meet. So. I'll tell you my stories in person. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Dinner, party of one, dinner. <laughs> Registration. <laughs> <laughs> Registration for the 5th Annual Disney uh, taking place September 18th through the 20th at the Crown Plaza in Newton, Massachusetts. Do you approve of Newton? I like Newton because they invented one of my favorite snacks. It's They're now open. Friday night, we're going to have a welcome dinner from 6 to 10, food, games, and general silliness. That's sounds like fun. Saturday during the day, we'll have a tour of Boston as well as tickets available for the New England Aquarium and the Museum of Science. If it looks like I'm reading this, I'm reading this. Or strike out on your own and check out the city. We are gauging interest in providing transportation into Boston and you can explore on your own for around $20 a person. So please sign up for that if you're interested. Sunday is Tar and Feather Rhino. That's right. (laughs) Saturday night, we're going to um, sacrifice Ryan. Yeah. Um, Ryan. Ryan. Rhino. Ryan. I'm sorry. That's not like a real name. <laughs> I know. 
It's um, just like numbers. It's like really. Scrabble. Saturday night, there's going to be dinner followed by the podcast, auction raffles, and other surprises. And then Sunday is Give Kids the World Goodbye Breakfast with Ice Cream. Um, individual event tickets as well as full weekend packages are available. Some items are limited. <coughs> Don't wait. Diz, um, NEDisMeet.org or the pod, uh, the Dismeet Facebook page. Ta-da. I'm done. they got a lot going on. Yeah, I booked my... Uh, Booked my flights uh, yesterday. My, my hotel, my flights. Whole team's going to be up there for it. So we're really excited about it. And I'm going in early. I'm going to spend some time with my uh, spend some time with my family. So I'm excited. All right. Anything else in housekeeping? Anything? No. Anyone? Nope. Nothing. Nope. Really? It's really nothing quiet. you want to push? I have nothing. I told you last no leg, time. No leg to show this week. <laughs> 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 I have something to show, but. Okay. Oh, I'm going to be Bessie Smith all over the place. <laughs> that was a great scene, by the way. Now they're going to tire and feather you in right now. They are. <laughs> all right, then we're going to throw it over to John with the news. All right, our first news story. SeaWorld unveils new shark-themed coaster. SeaWorld Orlando announced last week its new roller coaster will be called Mako and will surface in summer 2016. The ride will be Orlando's tallest, longest, and fastest roller coaster. The attraction is a hyper coaster designed for speed and relentless airtime to leave riders feeling weightless. It will be 200 feet tall, 4,760 feet long, and will reach speeds of 73 miles per hour, which pretty much is the same stats as I-4. <laughs> I think. How tall did it say it was? 200. 200 feet tall. Yeah, that makes it a hyper coaster. Anything over 200. Brian Morrow, SeaWorld's attraction creative director, released a prepared statement in which he said, quote, On Mako, you'll experience what it's like to be this apex predator, surging through the water at top speed and chasing prey throughout a massive reef. It will be a wild mix of fear, thrills, and fun. Uh, the new coaster brings SeaWorld Orlando to a total of five thrill rides with three new roller coasters and two family coasters. In addition, the two-acre area of the park where the ride will be built will have a sharp shark and shipwrecked theming with a shark encounter, shark's underwater grill, themed gift shops, and more. And I, you know, I, I, I know some people are saying this is a direct response to Blackfish. It's not. I don't think it is. I think SeaWorld. You know, they're always every few years, every five or six years, they're adding another major attraction. So I think this is kind of in line with what. So I don't think they've added anything since uh, Manta. Manta. Yeah. No, I think it's good timing. And but I don't think it. Like you said, I don't, I don't think, think it's, it's a direct result. Um, but never has it been more needed. Uh, they saw such a drop in their uh, in their attendance, attendance, their gate attendance last year, as a direct result of. That monstrous hit piece. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't have a annual pass to SeaWorld. I have it's Universal and Disney. But uh, and I don't know that this would make me want to get an annual pass, but at least make me want to go into the park for a day and ride the biggest, baddest coaster in Central Florida. It's something that's definitely needed because the last thing they did come out with was uh, Antarctica, the penguin ride, and that was essentially a flop. I mean, it was a cool trackless ride system, but it was an hour-long wait for just a little bit of spinning and moving around in the air conditioning, and that was it. So a new roller coaster is definitely going to uh, help them out on the attraction front. Especially because you get to be an apex predator. Do you, do you feel, though, that 
the market that they're going to be really appealing to with a new coaster is the same market that is probably turned off to SeaWorld because of Blackfish and the negative press. I mean, you're talking about that 20-something market right now, um, really, in terms of people who are going to plan trips and make decisions to make SeaWorld part of their, their visit. Um, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a direct response to Blackfish, but I think this is a new direction you're going to see SeaWorld go into. I think they're going to get away from the uh, the exhibits, exhibits, and the and the shows more more than the exhibits, the actual shows. Um, who was the person who just came in and did that? Made a big statement about um, SeaWorld being bad. Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall, and that's a huge hit for them. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, there's now reports of how the beluga whale exhibit is just horrendous for that species. So I think you're going to see them get away from that and go more into being a theme park. And I think this is a great way to do it. You know, Al, I'm not going to. People want rides. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. I, I'm, I'm I'm on record about my feelings about blackfish and and that whole thing. Uh, I hope this works out for him. I really do. I hope this works out for him. Um, I think SeaWorld's an amazing park. I think it's one of the most beautiful theme parks you'll ever visit. I think it's incredibly well run. It's very clean. Food could be better. Right. But I think the experience of, of SeaWorld for at least a day is absolutely worth a visit. And I think you should make up your own mind. You and get the uh, year for free, don't you? <laughs> Usually you buy one day, you buy a day, you get the year for free, yeah. So, um, yeah, all right. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm. Uh, yeah. No. I'm not going on a rant. All right. About Our second news story: Disney CFO Jay Rizzullo, who was passed over for the number two role, will step down. Oh, I. When did we hear that? I know. When did we hear that? I don't know. Walt Disney Company Chief Financial Officer Jay Rizzullo will step down from his post effective June 30th. A replacement for Rizzullo has not been named but will be announced at a later date, the company said Monday. And, Rizzo- and Rizzullo will stay on in an advisory role to Chief Executive Bob Iger to help the transition. Quote, Jay has been a valued colleague and friend, as well as a vital contributor to Disney's success, particularly in his roles as Chief Financial Officer and Chairman of par- our Parks and Resorts Division, Iger said in a statement. The move comes after the company in February selected longtime executive Thomas Staggs, the job of chief chief operating officer, replacing him in the front runner position to, to put placing him in the front runner position to replace Iger once he steps down. Rizzullo had also been considered to be a candidate for that job. Yeah, uh, I said it as soon as Staggs got promoted to the C- uh, chief operating officer position that Rizzullo was on his way out. There's no way he was going to stay. I'm surprised he's not going to worldwide operations because that's usually where they go. <laughs> where they park them before. Yeah, that's where they, they send Disney executives go to die. Um, it's worldwide operations. It's the, it's the farm. It's the farm they send them to. Where so they can run. They can run. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Is this a I, euphemism? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's, they're, going to the farm. they're going to the farm. Um, but, you know, I, I'll say it. I'll say this. Uh, Iger made the right choice. Iger made absolutely the right choice. Stagg seems to have the creative vision. He seems to have the energy and the just the general X factor I think you need to run, especially where the theme parks are concerned. Uh, can I ask, I'm sorry, can I ask a dumb question? 
is is Bob Iger the one that appoints these positions? Basic, is, well, he doesn't he doesn't appoint his successor. The board has to approve it. Okay, but believe me, they're gonna they. Especially when you've had the kind of success Iger has had in that position, the board isn't going to ignore it. Okay, um, and he's not doing he's not doing this without the board's blessing. He's also the chairman. So I mean, well, chairman of the board doesn't give him you know, but the, he has influence. He has influence certainly, but he doesn't get to make the decision. But yeah, I mean, basically, Iger is handpicking his successor. Iger was the handpicked successor of of, of Eisen. Okay, um, so and don't that, worry for, about Jay Rizal. He'll wind up on his feet. He'll pop up somewhere as the head of something. The man's worth like $50 million. So I think he's all right. Yeah. You know, his stock option, he was one of the ones that just cashed out a bunch of his stock options. I think he cashed out $14 million worth of stock options as he's walking out the door. Plus he's got another several hundred thousand shares. He still, he still has. So uh, he's, yeah, he's fine. Uh, But you know, I think it's the right, I think they made the right choice. I think they made the right choice with sticks and Rasulo, you know, Rasulo's a, He's a number cruncher. He's a crybaby. <laughs> He's a number cruncher. Ooh, and not that there's anything wrong with that. I just don't think that's what you need at the head of a company whose primary stock and trade is creativity. Whether it's in the theme parks, the films, the merchandising, it's all about creativity. And just, you know, Jay Rasulo never struck me as a creative force where Tom Staggs does. Now, we'll see what happens, you know, when Iger does step down and Stags takes over and what he does. He's got a tough act to follow. He's got a very tough act to follow with Iger. So, all right, I'm done. All right. And our third and final news story, Disney is weighing surge pricing for parks. Visitors to Disneyland and Disney World may find themselves paying more for entry to the parks on peak days during the summer, spring break, and Christmas time. The Walt Disney Company sent out surveys to annual pass holders asking questions that suggest it is considering this change, gauging how they might react to a tiered pricing system, according to an L.A. Times report. In Anaheim, California, Disneyland, a day pass currently costs $99 for those ages 10 and up. Under the hypothetical new system, the price would stay the same for off-peak days, but most other regular days would cost $105 while peak days would cost 115 In Disney World, the Orlando Sentinel reports the current rate of $105 for each 10 and up for the Magic Kingdom might remain an option, while the most expensive days might reach $125. The company told both papers that it frequently polls its customers on a wide range of topics, giving little weight to this particular survey. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Disney is definitely, especially with the reaction this is getting, um, Disney is definitely playing down the oh, we just send out these surveys. We just kind of take everybody's temperature. They, they send them out because they're thinking about it. Now, somebody on Facebook said, I said this was coming. And I don't remember saying that. But it doesn't surprise me that this is out there in the ether with Disney right now. Price yielding is common uh, in, the, in the travel industry. Uh, hotels do it. Airlines do it. This would be the first time a theme park is doing it, though, if this ever came to pass. I think it's important to mention this was not an announcement by Disney that they're doing it. This was a survey that went out to annual pass holders that has made its way into the news. Now, you think about the number of surveys we take as annual pass holders. Mm -hmm. The fact that this is getting such attention should give Disney their first heads up that this would not be received well. Uh, Not that any price increase is ever received well, but this is particularly tough. Um, and I know some people are expecting I'm going to I'm going to rant on this, and I'm not. 
let's say they do it, you're still going to go. We talk about it every time there's a price increase, and everybody's up in arms. Oh, that's it. It's too expensive. I can't. I'm not going. I'm not going. And then Disney posts record attendance, record profits. So, yes, you are. So just stop it. I used to, like I said, I used to rant about this stuff all the time. But, and then I realized, here I am walking up to renew my annual pass. So if I'm going to walk up and I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to spend the money, stop bitching about it. Now, this, I don't know how they get, are they going to stop selling advanced tickets? Does this mean that, you know, you have to, you have to select date, you would have to select dates when, you, when your tickets would be valid? How you know this? The logistics, yeah, sure. logistics of this are, are going to be impossible. There's also another conversation here too. Disney does this already. They when do. You have the option as an annual pass holder to buy a premium annual or as a seasonal. Or now they they even have for Florida residents, Epcot after but four. Or that's not what they're talking so, about. But I'm saying is th- this is in place now. So I don't see that there are this blackout dates. Right, but I see it being the same thing. If you want to buy a pass that includes all the holidays and the and the all the busy times, the peak season. Well, I don't even think it's more. so much about you know with the pricing here. These price the, these prices are not for annual passes. These prices are for tickets. These prices are for standard admission mm-hmm. tickets. When they're talking about ninety nine dollars for those age ten mm-hmm. and up. The new system could hypothetically be 105. Then I'm talking about annual passes. Okay. Sure, annual passes will jump in prices. Blackout dates may expand on certain passes. But this is about. This is to me. I read this. I'm not I'm not thinking annual pass holders. I'm thinking. Um, well, I'm saying annual passes because it went out to annual pass holders as a survey. But I think the other thing that's important to understand too is I don't believe that there's any significant amount of people who buy a one day pass. I believe in this day and age, with the with the passes that get cheaper, with the more days you have, that people buy some kind of multi-day pass. But didn't we just talk about the other, or uh, not too long ago, that they're going to do away with the um, no expiration right, they've date? Done away they've with already done, done away. Okay, so it's already gone. Then that's not really going to be a big deal unless you're actually coming for. Which is, I think, what we're saying is that if you're going to, well, I mean, have, right now, right now, I can buy a seven-day pass and use it whenever I want. I can buy somebody a seven-day pass; they can use it whenever they want. Under something like this, they would have to set up a system where you have to say, I want a seven-day pass, but I want it for these dates. Or and then the price would change. Then the pr- or you'd have to pay for an upgrade if you want to use it on those days. The logistics of that just sound really difficult to me. In terms of annual passes, if they went to a tiered pricing system, they would just simply expand the blackout dates avail- on, on certain passes, right. introduce blackout dates on other passes, um, and I think the Premier Pass would still remain the one that you okay. don't have to, the premium and Premier Passes be the ones you don't have to worry about blackout dates, and the price would just go up. Let me go back to that, the idea of how would they control it. One of the way they would control it is in their packages. So now a package over a holiday would include that increased mm-hmm. price in the ticket. Uh, as far as a, a ticket bought and used at another time, that's another question. I don't know how they would do it, but you're probably right. It would probably have some kind of designation on it that says good for holidays and be a certain price. And if you want to go in on Christmas Eve, you're going to have to pay an upgrade. Yeah. Well, I I think the likelihood of this happening is, I'll, I'll say 40%. I'll say 40% chance they're going to go to this model. I think just... I don't even think public reaction, they're used to negative reaction every time they, they raise their prices. Every time. 
So I don't think that's going to have an influence on them. I think what will influence them is when they actually look at how would we implement this and how convoluted the logistics and the process would have to be to make this work. I think that would be that would keep Disney from doing it more than anything else. Unless they start attaching your credit card to your magic band and they charge you as you enter the park. Well, they could do that. Oh well, that that would be that would be dead on arrival. Would that would like just be dead on arrival. Apple TV. You'd have yeah. people. Oh, you'd have you'd have groups of people like have burning their magic bands in the public square. You know, <laughs> um, so I, I I don't see that happening. But I said forty. You know, everybody, calm down. I think there's about a forty percent chance this is actually going to happen. There's been um, some confusion about premium annual passes and regular annual passes. I guess I think what we're talking about is premium annual passes include the water parks. And Disney Quest annual passes are ones that don't have blackouts, and then they have seasonal annual passes. So it's just semantics. And then the premier passes are the ones that are the premium annuals at Walt Disney World and the premium annual in Disneyland combined. The gold card. So if you go back and forth, that's what I have because I'm out there a lot and I use it. Um, So if you are in and out of both parks, it's a great. I love the the premier pass. I absolutely love it. but that's uh, I, that's what I think is going to happen. I agree, this. though, that people, even if they did this, people will still go because a lot of people don't have the, you know, the options to move their vacations around. Spring break, I mean, you start moving things around. When when are the kids out of school? So a lot of people don't have a lot of options to even if to you just even, go whenever they want. Don't even look at ticket pricing. Look at uh, resort resort room pricing. And how in the holidays it's through the roof. It is. And you understand? I don't know how people can afford it, and yet those resorts are full. They fill them. Now, I'm not as concerned about yielding ticket prices as I am about something else. Stayed on property last week, had a great time, had a great time with a 24 hour event, got a chance to experience breakfast at Be Our Guest. And I was real excited about it, you know, because. You get to kind of do everything in advance, and it's really cool. You go, you find your table, and they just know you're there because you've got your magic band on, and they bring your food to you. <clears throat> and at the end of it, my feeling, I had a very, very strong feeling that this was the least charming experience I've had in a Disney restaurant in my life. The venue was stunning. This automation, this 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 whole Pick your meal in advance, go to your table, you know, get cattle called into a kiosk to pay for it, make any changes, go to your table, get your food and leave. Um, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me, and here's why. I understand why, because it's a popular restaurant, they want to move more people through it, and this is one way to do it. We cannot, cannot, cannot underestimate for restaurants like this the importance of servers, the importance of people who come to our table and take our orders, bring our orders, get us what we need, interact with us. Some of the best experiences I've had with cast members at Walt Disney World have been with servers in the restaurants. And that experience being stripped from a place like this. Now, we're talking about the commissary. We're talking about uh, uh, you know cosmic rays. Okay, whole different thing. Because you don't really have that. Um, but Be Our Guest. The name is Be Our Guest. Yeah. <laughs> Not Be Our Ignored Second Cousin, yeah. you know? Exactly. And 
I, I looked at Dustin after breakfast and I said, you know what? This was completely not charming at all. Yeah, it's a beautiful venue, but part of it is sitting down and having the experience. Um, so I'm okay with the idea of them doing this at quick service locations. I'm not okay with the idea of it happening at places that are designed to be table service. And I understand, you know, people's lives and children are completely ruined if they don't get to go to Be Our Guest now. Used to be Cinderella's Royal Table. Now it's Be Our Guest. I get it. But you know what? All hyperbole and histrionics aside, that restaurant needs to be a full-service restaurant. It just does. It needs to be full service for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you know what? Some people aren't going to get reservations. They're not going to get reservations. That's just how it goes. And eventually it'll calm down. They'll make it 17 table service credits to eat there or something like that, like they did with La Cellier. Or make it a buffet. You can, do a, you can turn and burn those tables so much faster on a buffet, and you can still have some of the experience. I don't understand. I mean... I don't. I, I can't understand why people are okay with this. Haven't you ever been at breakfast and think I'd like another order of bacon? I'd like another glass of orange juice. Yeah, and I don't know how that works there. I, I didn't try and do it, so I don't know if like you can or. Can you or... talk into the magic man? <laughs> you can. Not yet. Nothing will happen. <laughs> it just, it, they it may just... give you medication for it. But... You know, when my my daughter and I ate there about maybe a few weeks ago, and she ordered the egg whites because she's been kind of on this health kick, you know, teenage girl, and she didn't like them. And I thought, well, oh, shoot, what are we going to do? Because there's not a server, and how are we going to fix this? So I just got up, and I walked up to one of the cast members that was cleaning a table, and I explained to her what was going on. And she says, oh, well, let me get her something else. And so she came over to the table. She was very nice. And she brought her something else. She took away the the egg whites and brought her something else. It was really nice. So, I mean, I did get up from the table. It wasn't, you know, that someone came to check and see how everything was. But it was at least they took Imagine that. Her. That's what we used to call a waitress or a server. Yeah. yeah. Ah, fancy exactly. that. And I just think in venues like that, I'm okay with it. Like I said, I know they were testing it out at Commissary, uh, the ABC Commissary in Hollywood Studios. I'm fine with that because it's, it's a quick service location. So setting up in advance to try and move things along, not waiting in lines, things like that, I'm a fan of that. Uh, doing it at table service restaurants, I really hope this doesn't become what they do. Isn't Be Our Guest quick service for lunch anyways, though? It's, yes. well, look, it's designed as a table service restaurant. It's not a quick service location. Just because you're doing quote-unquote quick service there doesn't mean it should be. Um, like I said, this is designed as a, as a table service restaurant. And I think that should be the experience in a restaurant like that. And it just there was something about it that just didn't feel right to me. Just didn't feel right. And I wanted to mention that. So I'm done. All right. That'll do it for the news. All right. Thank you, John. We're going to move on with rapid fire. And I will start with, oh, let me see, John. All right. Mine is actually Craig's. We switched them. There's a new stage show for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party uh, for 2015. The Dylan, the Dylans, <laughs> the villains mix and mingle during Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party will become the Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular, featuring this featuring the Sanderson sisters from Disney's Hocus Pocus. Sounds like fun to me. It does sound. I, one I of my favorite. Just gonna say I'm excited about those. One of my favorite I'm, movies. I've never if, heard of it. Having just gone to see. <laughs> 
uh, we went just went to go see Bette Midler with John and Kevin down in Tampa, and she I, she did. I've, I've got a spell on you. Um, I have to gasp for a minute. <gasps> Clutch those pearls, Kevin. Dustin's never heard of Hocus Pocus. He's never heard of he's, Hocus Pocus. He's, he's lying. He's, he's lying. Oh, I thought he was serious. <laughs> lying. I was going to leave. <laughs> yeah, standing up there right next to that light, you look like you're like under a heat lamp. <laughs> he's um, tanning. I'm a warm The fries guy. are done. Um, so about that quick fire, though, I have done some research, and they are not doing a meet and greet or pictures or anything. So they'll just be on the stage for that show, and that is really upsetting to me. That's say, fine. But how, no, is that a, how is that a mix and mingle if you're not going to mingle? They said there's no mingling part of it. It, it was it was in the... Um, it's just a mix. Our guest is misnamed. <laughs> yeah. Mix and mingle is misnamed. Oh, it was in the, um, the announcement, I guess, like if you keep reading down through the comments, like somebody from Disney made a comment and they said that there would be no... I'm assuming people are upset enough that between now and when they start doing that party, it's going to change. I know. So. We should go. We can fix this. Oh, we better fix we'll it. We'll just make a mingle. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, John. Kevin. The Epcot International Food and Wine Festival Sneak Preview, Taste Your Way Around the World, is Sunday, July 12th. The sneak preview is available for two tables in Wonderland guests as a preview for the 20th annual Epcot Food and Wine Festival. Sample food and beverages from this year's marketplaces, and here are some of the details. More details will be announced. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. If you're a Tables in Wonderland member... Owner, holder. holder, you can check the website and see when this becomes available, but you can get a sneak peek on what they're going to serve on July 12th. We went last year. It was a lot of fun. It was. Cool. I'm going to be in California. <laughs> yeah, we'll be in California. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Jackie. Well, I have one. I um, am really excited because a brand of shoes that my kids happen to really love is Vans. And Vans is excited to join hands with Disney for a magical adventure. And they are going to um, make Are they a new skipping collection. down Main Street together? Holding they, hands. I hope they do because I will definitely be there for that. Um, they are going to have a new collection of footwear, apparel, and accessories for the fall of 2015. And you can go to vans.com slash Disney if you want to input your email address and get updates on when that's going to be available. And if you happen to live in Memphis, Tennessee, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Chicago, Illinois, or Pembroke Pines, Florida, on Sunday, June 14th, between 1 and 4 p.m., Disney character artists will be at the Vans stores, and you can get a free photo, and uh, they have going to have a Disney-themed photo booth and uh, a free beach towel with any purchase of uh, Disney products from Vans. So pretty cool stuff if you live in one of those areas. Well, those high tops look cool. They sure do. I'm really excited about them, and my kids are too. So we can't wait to see what they what they have to offer. So cool, pretty cool. All right, thank you, Jackie. Corey, the list of performers for the Eat to the Beat concert series at the Food and Wine Festival have been released. Um, they start uh, September 25th, and they go all the way through the end. Uh, November 16th. I'm not going to read the dates for every single one because there's 22 of them, but I will read them in order. Um, there are three performances every day, 5.30, 6.45, and 8 o'clock. Some of these performers um, will do it for two days, some are three, but we'll have the specific dates um, on the site. Um, starts with David Cook, Wilson Phillips, Christopher Cross, Starship, Smash Mouth, The Pointer Sisters, 38 Special, Rick Springfield, Sugar Ray, The SOS Band, Air supply. It's like a walk through my 
childhood <laughs> teenagers. Yeah, right? And you spend a lot of time going, they're still alive? <laughs> good no, news. I spend a lot of time going, wow, how far they fall, and they're playing Epcot. Really? Some of these are still very good. Um, Fuel, oh, Tiffany. Yeah. Tiffany. Tiffany, I love Fuel. Mm, I think um. she's alone now. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, Dennis DeYoung. John used to do his hair like Tiffany. I did. Yeah, still has some of that red in it. Uh, Jody Messina, Everclear, Boys to Men, Sister Hazel, Big Bad, Voodoo Daddy, Hanson, Maxi Priest, and Shaka Khan. Oh, well, I like Shaka Khan. Yeah, yeah. I, like a, I like. Actually, yeah, there's, there's a lot, lot of them on there. there. I like. Mm-hmm. So that's a great list. And there's going to be a Pointer Sister there. I know. Really. I, love, uh, I know. I love the Pointer Sisters. I don't think they're talking anymore. <laughs> They've come together just for this performance. Did you have one on your plane? No, that no, was a temptation. I sat across from a temptation. <laughs> excited. Going to Las Vegas. I sat across from two of them. He was the loudest talker I've ever met in my entire life. He has five credit cards. Three of them have chips. In Do you know you drive them insane back there? <laughs> with <laughs> screaming into the microphone. What else is Everybody's doing it. Oh, really? It's their job. <laughs> they even have a piece of equipment back there designed Called to... Called the Kevinator? Tamp- the Kevinator. To tampen that. <laughs> I was accused of not being excited enough. Don't tamp my enthusiasm. <laughs> the Kevinator. I sat next to a temptation. <laughs> the funniest part was I overheard the conversation, and I thought he said I had five cars. And I thought, well, you know, that's, I guess that's impressive, right? You have five cars. No, you had five credit cards. Three and of them have chips in it. His favorite's a BP card. And I thought, when I temptation tell you money ain't that good. I'm telling you he's, he was a loud talker. Our friends were sitting five rows behind us, and she comes up and she says, I know everything about this man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Corey. Rhino. Uh, Disney just announced their uh, premiere date for that uh, Descendants movie that people have been looking forward it's to. It's a series, isn't it? It's a show. No, it's a show, but we had talked about it on the show and said it would make a good series because it's oh. about the, um, the villain's children attending a prep school with the hero kids or whatever. <laughs> Julie is so ready for that. You know so much about it. Yeah. No, I do. I do know it. It's Kristen Chenoweth is Maleficent and Catherine Jimmy's the evil queen from oh, it's Snow right. White and um, they say their kids' names, like the actors' kids' names, like I'm supposed to know who they are, but I one of them's named Boo Boo in real life, I think. But um, the the whole movie's supposed to be about the are they there are they evil like their parents or are they not? But um and Kenny Ortega is directing this. It's going to be July 31st at 8 p.m. on the Disney Channel. That's cool. the date. So mark the calendar. It actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I'm going to watch. I'm not. And every two hours afterwards. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, they'll run it for a while. It'll be the high school it's musical kind route. Of the theme of Once Upon a Time at this point too. It's yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rhino Craig. Uh, so I've got two. The first one is a brief one about D23, and they just announced. Jesus, Rhino, use your head. (laughs) (laughs) You clicked over here, and I was looking at the sound. And I'm the one that drives him crazy. I think they start out. Uh, He's just, he's, when he's bitter, he doesn't shave. So he's been bitter for a while. Yes. I'm about to stop being bitter tomorrow, probably. I'm sorry. That came off mean. Um, (laughs) No, he talks to him like that all the time. I'm going to slap him on the side of the head. So D23, people are going to it. We're going to it. They announced um, one of the big presentations is going to be on Sunday morning. uh, The Sunday morning of it, one at 11 and one at 2. It's going to be a Silly Symphony celebration concert. Uh, So that's one of the big events that's happening. Uh, Leonard Maltin is going to be the host of it. Uh, 
big movie uh, movie critic and huge Disney fan. So that should be an interesting one for everyone who's going out there. And now for my real one, uh, changes for the great movie ride have finally gone in place for TCM. Uh, we talked about it months and months and months ago how it would be uh, it would be having some small changes once Disney and TCM started their partnership and it was supposed to come in spring and I guess June and May is still considered spring. Yeah, it is. But it's here. Oh, that's weird for me. But uh, anyway, so... What, do you not have a calendar? I I know June, <laughs> Summer doesn't whatever. start till the end of June? Yeah, that just doesn't work for me. Not well, here. It's already hot. It's seasonal disorder. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Seasonal <laughs> affective disorder. It's a, it's a good point. So what's changed? Well, now there's a lot of TCM signage everywhere you look presented by TCM. Whenever you walk into the queue now, there's these really awesome... Uh, animated movie pictures so like on the slide that we have here for those of you who are watching you can see the great movie ride poster they made for it but then it'll go through uh, classic movies you've probably never even heard of Titanic uh, King Kong and just like little small animated features it's like I've heard of those two happen on it it's it's well those are the big ones you may have heard of the other ones like got it I don't know movie marquee changes got it keep going so That's about all that's done there. And then the pre-show now has a 45-minute long kind of documentary-style look at all the different genres of movies hosted by Robert Osborne of TCM. And so it's actually really nice because you can sit through and watch all of those old movie trailers they used to show. Do they anticipate people will be standing in that line for 45 minutes to watch the whole documentary? No, but it adds good repeatability to it now because I wanted to go back and see the different genres that they were doing. The first time through, I only saw sci-fi and a little bit of romance. And then the next couple times I went, I ended up seeing uh, action adventure and the musicals. And I, I still haven't seen the full loop. But and it's better than the old loop, which was only like 10 or 15 minutes long. So yeah. you could see that two or three times. And they upgraded the yeah. projections on it. So it's all nice quality now. It's not that old, crappy, flickering projector they used to have in there. It's, it's beautiful. It's really interesting. And I think people will enjoy it now just going to watch that. Okay. Well, you know, the pre-show and the closing movie uh, were certainly things that needed to be changed. Uh, when are they going to start doing something with what's in the ride itself? Like Alien? They honestly never even said that they would do it now that they were partnering with TCM. Uh, it definitely still needs it. And especially just like small maintenance. Inside the ride vehicle, they added a Robert Osborne narration. And you can't even hear it the entire ride. I had to literally put my camera down with the microphone pointing right at it and then listen back to it later. Wait, so it doesn't have a person anymore? It still has a person, but you know, they always had, like, when you go into Alien, it was oh, always, it was this the... is Alien, okay. right. blah, blah, blah. Now it's Robert Osborne doing that. They stuff. also need to fix Gene Kelly. He's got a bad case of lockjaw. He <laughs> <laughs> hasn't moved his lips in a long time. So, Keep Wizard of Oz and get rid of everything yeah. else. And as you said with the finale video, that changed too, but even that hasn't really changed that much. They've added some new movies in. They've changed around the musical cues to it, but some of this, it, it's still basically the same finale video. So overall, kind of a disappointing update, except for that new pre show video. Yeah. That's incredible. Let's hope. I love when Turner Classic Movies is involved. Turner Classic Movies is a gem. It is. It's just like it the is. best thing on cable. But hopefully Turner. hopefully they'll make some more changes to that ride. It needs it. It needs it desperately. All right. Thank you, Craig. 
Dustin. Yeah, I've got two rapid fires as well, uh, discussion points for us here. I'm going to start with the uh, refillable mugs one. Uh, there's been some changes to the uh, rapid fill mug system, mostly just the pricing. The, the system itself hasn't changed. Um, what used to be a tiered pricing for the amount of days uh, that you would uh, stay uh, at the hotels, uh, you used to pay less for less days and more for more days. Now it's just a set price at sixteen forty nine. So no matter how long you're there um, for your length of stay. So if you're staying for a short amount of time, this is an increase in price for you. But if you're staying a longer amount of time, you're actually saving a dollar fifty. I think that's how they used to do it when it first started, though. When it first started, yeah. Because when I was in high school and we came for grad it was night, flat rate. It was flat rate. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, you know, people have been talking about that, um, but no major no. change to this. People haven't been just talking about it. Um, it. The funniest thing to me in the world is when we put up a story that has the word refillable, words refillable mug in the title. It is going to be the biggest article on the site <laughs> in history. The number of people who read this article in two days... The number of people who shared this article in the first two days it was up was mind-boggling. I'm talking 50,000 people read this article. Almost 20,000 people shared it. And they just changed the pricing structure right. a little bit. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to say. Is like People are talking about this, but it's not a major change. Kathy brought up, because Kathy wrote up that article, and she right. did a great job. She brought up a really good point. That why is it then that if you bring back your old mug, you don't buy a new one, why not get it at a discount? Disney won't let you do that. You can bring back your old mug and they'll reactivate it. You're going to pay the same price if you're buying a new mug. I think it's a good point. And it uh, promotes recycling. Because yeah. you've got to admit, 99% of the cost is the mug mm-hmm. to Disney. Well, because yeah. Disney doesn't pay for the soda. Right. Does they get the, the soda that they get is free to them because it's part of the uh, the advertising consideration they give to Coca-Cola. So they get their, all the Coke that they charge you for. They don't pay for it. At least where the fountain drinks are concerned. I don't know about the bottles. No, the bottles have to pay for it. With the, with the fountain drinks, Disney doesn't pay anything for that. So it's pure profit. It's pure profit. So why not, why not do that? Why not let people bring back old mugs and recycle them and reactivate them for a discount? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I think it's a good idea, personally. So, there was something else on your list, too, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. We had talked at the top of the show about rumors considering uh, concerning the dining plan. And I don't think these are rumors anymore. Now, there's been no official announcement by Disney yet. Nothing's been put out there that we've received. But I th- I'm reading that people are being told by cast members Yeah, I, that, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, we have not received any official, but that doesn't mean it's not out there. Okay, I wasn't clear on that either. I was just uh, going on based what was kind of said earlier because um, some of the details that have been released, whether they're rumors or you know actual release, it, they seem to be well considered fact. Um, is that you're going to have a lot more flexibility uh, in all of your different meals for the uh, different types of plans. So snacks, uh, for example, um, you have a lot more options in terms of what is considered a snack. So side dishes and salads and stuff like that uh, can now be considered a snack when you go to a quick service location. 
um, different uh, items that they have in the um, uh, like the gift shops and stuff like that are now considered snacks as well. Um, so, like, uh, for example, uh, a serving of soup at a quick service location or a side of breakfast items like bacon or sausage could be considered a snack credit. At the quick service meals, uh, the changes are um, that instead of having to get a dessert, you can now get a snack, which could mean instead of a dessert, you could get a salad. Right. Um, you could get, um, uh, you know, a, any whatever they consider a snack option. Um, well, that's also changed, too. They've actually raised, you know, lo- kind of lowered the bar on what gets considered a snack now. There's some yeah. more options. So. Exactly. And then at table service meals, uh, guests can now choose soup, salad, or fruit plate instead of a dessert, kind of similar to the, the quick service option. Um, and, and also your adult and child credits are uh, not interchangeable unless you're on the deluxe premium or platinum plans. Um, so... So on the deluxe premium or platinum plan, there is no really a, a, a child can order off the adult menu is what they're saying, yeah. um, which would be very interesting. I think that's been a loophole for a while now, and yeah. Disney's just codifying it with this, assuming this is all official. But everything I'm hearing says it is. So the the big thing I'm taking away from this is just the amount, the more options, the amount of options that. Well, I, I think another big change that I I read on the boards that is pretty significant is that uh, they will allow you assuming this is true rumor but they're saying that the new plan will allow you to use your credits for other people in your party that are not in your immediate reservation so let's say you two have a dining plan package and I don't and we go out to dinner you could use one or two of your credits to pay for my meal that was something that was not allowed before. They're talking about now being uh, would be included in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just got confirmation from someone in our chat room that today on the hub it was officially announced that the changes would be made. Okay, and it's for everything except for the restaurants that Disney doesn't own. They won't be included in the ones. So like Rainforest Cafe and Yak and Yeti, but all the Disney owned ones will be a part. I of love it. these changes, especially the dessert. I mean, I don't do dessert, so I, when I go to restaurants and there's like a there's a prefix menu, it's a waste for me when it gets time for the dessert. Right. I would love to be able to get another appetizer or something or a salad in addition, um, in replacement of. One of the biggest uh, feedback we get from folks who buy a package is that they have snack credits left over, and we try to tell them all the time: go to the store. You know, you can buy boxes of candy. But they always come back with snack credits. So this is a great way to use those up. Now, has has the pricing changed? Has the pricing gone up or changed in any way, shape, or form with this? Not other than the so. usual. You, I'm sorry. You brought that up going to the gift shop afterwards and using your snack credits. Another thing that has changed, I believe, is that you can take any leftover meal credits, and at the end of your stay, if you have any meal credits, you can convert them to snack credits. Yeah, one meal credit. One meal credit, I think, is three snacks. Yeah. For a quick service, I think it is. Something along those Something lines. Something along those lines. But... Uh, generally speaking, I haven't read a lot about it. I've read what's been posted on the boards. I have to sit down and look at what's officially announced. But based on what I've seen and heard, looks good. Looks like these are positive changes. I think it makes an already complicated system a little more complicated. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like if there's a full moon on Thursday, you can get this. And if there's a waning moon on Tuesday, you can get this. So it's kind of a little... 
I've always found the dining plan a little convoluted. But, um, and this, I think, makes that worse, but I think it offers a lot more options. They're eventually, I don't know this for sure, this isn't official, they're eventually going to go to some kind of point system where you're going to have five points, and then, you know, you, you divvy up those points accordingly into your meal options. But that's, I don't know that for sure, that's just my guess as to where they're going. This is complicated. I know what I'm doing at Disney World, and I, I just don't want to be bothered. It's like, you know, I just, I can't... However, there are people out there who play this dining plan to make the most and I'm telling value you, out of their if you are If you are booked using the dining plan and you do not go to the dining plan sub-forum under restaurants on disboards.com, you're crazy. Uh, these people have this down to a science. And if you want to get the most out of it, if you want to get the most out of the dining plan, I can't think of a better place to go. Um, really helpful, really knowledgeable, people with a lot of experience. I'm going to tell you, the first place I go if I have a question about the dining plan is that subform. It's the first place I go to do my research, because, and the information is always proved to be very accurate. So, um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, overall, I think, I think the changes are good. Um, but uh, and I'm not, you know, I don't have a, an opinion one way or the other on the refillable mug. Um, yeah, it's it is what it is, you know. I just think that people are saying shorter lengths of stay are paying more. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Universal does it the best. Universal's refillable mug program is the best I've seen run, and plus you can do it in a park, which is what Disney's lacking as well. Correct. Correct. That would make the mug usable. So worth it. In the parks, yes. Absolutely. As long as you're charging me for peak time. Just put the mug on there. that's another $500 All right. well that is going to do it thank you Dustin by the way for that you're welcome that is going to do it for me for this week coming up next the team has their review of the brunch the new brunch that just started May 31st at Chef Mickey's at Disney's Contemporary so stay tuned for that and uh, okay so that's it that's my I'm done I'm done thanks for being with us everybody we hope you enjoyed it We'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us. And remember, go to Disneyland. Disneyland.